Hey, you guys, welcome back to the So Looks Life podcast. It is the new year, it's 2021. Hopefully, everybody's doing great things this year. And I couldn't imagine starting this year off with a greater who guest than the ones that I have here today. Um, we have Will Baggett and Sakura Lee, these are both authors. And I'm going to give you guys a moment to share this video. We're going to give some people some time to join on, and then we will get right into it. Welcome to the So Lux Life Podcast, where our goal is to enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. Make your life luxurious through knowledge, coaching, training, and technique. Visit us online at soulluxlife.com. Here's your host, Crispin J. Watson. Thanks, everyone, that's joining us tonight. And, you know, I usually don't do my podcast on Saturdays, but, you know, it's so hard to work around busy people's schedules. So <laughs> I had to do a lot to get them both here, but I'm so excited. Thank you guys both for coming on. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, I echo that. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on. Right. This is Will's first time on the podcast, you guys. Super excited about that. Um, so for those that don't know, we're going to do like a short little intro. Of course, y'all should know me. I'm Kristen. Um, but Will is a core, y'all. We go back, way back. Um, we're all from Grenada. Grew mm -hmm. up together. These are honestly like two of my best friends in the whole wide world. So we're going to let them um, each give you an intro about themselves. And then we'll kind of get into them becoming authors and things like that. So we can start with William. All right. Okay. We're well, a government name. Okay. For the 2021. All right. Awesome. Uh, well, as you mentioned, uh, my name is uh, Will Baggett, born and raised in Grenada, Mississippi. Uh, glad to be home in Mississippi now for the holidays. But uh, originally, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I live in Dallas, Texas now, and I work as a consultant working with young professionals, teaching about personal branding, executive image, you name it. Um, spend a lot of time working in sports as well, in operations and logistics. And I'm the author of The Blueprint for a Successful Career. It was published back in 2016 alongside my mentor. And yeah, and I got my undergrad from Ole Miss and my grad degree from Baylor University. So that's a little bit about me. And Sakura. Good evening, everyone. My name is Sakura Lee. I'm also from Grenada, Mississippi. Uh, I'm a U.S. Army veteran. Um, I'm currently continuing my MOS in the civilian sector as an intelligence analyst for the U.S. government. Um, at this time, I am in Dalzell, South Carolina, working at Shaw Air Force Base. And that's about it. <laughs> oh, I'm also author of The Repair of the Breach. There we go. That's why we're here. <laughs> and most definitely. And I do have both of their books. So I'm definitely going to share them on the screen as we kind of talk about each one of them. Um, so just how's life, everyone, before we get into like the technical part of the podcast? Um, with you, Sakura, how's life? How's your new year so far? We're in, what's today, day two? Yes, I'm very excited about this new year. Um, I know that God's going to do great things. Uh, I'm expecting to go to like new levels and anointing and glory and just deepen my relationship with the Holy Spirit. I'm really excited about this year. I know last year was, you know, a pretty hard year for everybody, but by the grace of God, uh, he kept me and my family in perfect peace. So I'm just hanging tight to Jesus. Yeah. It's a good year so far. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, a couple of days in, but um, I, I was having a conversation with my mentor, uh, Jamil Northcutt, and he said in order to have a great year, you have to start off with having a great day, having a great moment, um, because it says in the Bible, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And he focuses on the day. Have a good day. You got to have a good hour, a good minute. And so just learning to embrace you know, each moment and uh, make the best of it. But definitely excited for what God has in store for all of us. And, um, you know, it's, we can only go up from where we were. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. And, uh, and again, glad to be on for the conversation. Most definitely. My 2020, it was pretty good. Um, it started off a little rough. Like the first day back to work, I made a post about this, but I literally got fired from my job. Like it was day one back to work. I'm logging in. I was like, oh, it's a new year, you know, about to flourish. And then my supervisor was like, yeah, I need to meet with you. She's on there crying, like doing the most. 
and literally fired me. So I really didn't know what 2020 was going to look like, but it just felt so like God has a plan for our lives, even though we may not be able to see it in that moment. It's definitely uncomfortable, but he takes us through uncomfortable times to elevate us and make us better and make us stronger for the future. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to be here. So y'all are authors. So we're going to get right into that. Uh, congratulations to the both of you. So proud. Oh, thank you. Um, and we'll start with you, Will, since you did publish mm -hmm. yours um, back in 2016. As mm -hmm. you said here, and I'm going to share my screen for those that don't know. Um, this is his book, The Blueprint. You can find it on Amazon. You see here, it's a paperback, $15. Um, definitely get your copy. The Blueprint for a Successful Career, a Foundation for Developing Young Professionals. So kind of tell us, what what was the inspiration and the vision behind The Blueprint? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you again for the opportunity to share about it. It seems like it was such a long time ago, but anytime you know someone invests their time and their money to purchase it, it's always a blessing because that's what ultimately got it done. And to be honest with you, you know, we're all from Grenada. Uh, we all remember uh, I had to pay homage to my former English teacher, Mrs. Charlene Leverett. Uh, she's the one that inspired me to write. You know, when I first, you know, when I was in high school, like anyone else, back in the what mid two thousands, I was wearing clothes that were you know two or three times the size they needed to be. But you know, she saw something within me. I mean, she she saw I had a penchant for writing and for just for prose, for the for the poetry and things like that. And she told me, she said, you're going to do something with this gift one day. And, you know, here I am a junior in high school. I said, there's no chance because growing up, what we did, we just didn't always maybe see people that were into, in, were into writing and things of that sort. And so I just kind of ignored it, brushed it to the side. And then seven years later, I, I actually met my mentor, Ty Brown, and he really inspired me. You know, I, I was uh, working, you know, with the American Football Coaches Association and he really trained me up really, really well. And I just said, hey, you know, oftentimes people look for mentors, they can't find them or the person they want to mentor them doesn't want to mentor them. And you just can never find that. Sometimes you can't find that perfect match, right? You just can't always get the person you want to mentor you. So I said, hey, let me put together a guide with his assistance young people that would help administrators or people seasoned veterans learn more about you know what young professionals need how they can develop them but also what young professionals are seeking from those that lead them and that's where we kind of came up with the blueprint concept now the the end point is one thing right you know but at one point in time as the core knows there was just what a blank sheet of paper or just Microsoft Word and a blinking cursor, right? That was that was nowhere with no words. And so it's one thing to start something, but to finish it, you know, it takes a lot of grit, determination, but also a lot of a purposeful why as to why you're doing it. Because if you're just doing it for the sake of just I'm gonna make a lot of money, you obviously don't understand how royalties work, you know, with books and things like that, especially as a as a new author. But what got it done was just a, a real commitment to helping people. And, and that's what it remains to this day. So, um, you know, just to out of respect for time, I can share a little bit more about the backstory, but that's kind of just the general gist of it. But there's more that, you know, that went into it that really kept me on the straight and narrow because I actually quit writing it twice. And um, I, I had to find some inspiration from places I didn't think I would find it. And uh, that's ultimately what led to the publishing and where we are today, so. Can you kind of go in detail about the inspiration that you said yeah. Uh, now? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, just to, you know, out of respect for time, I, when Mrs. Leverett told me that I was a writer again, first I didn't really believe it, didn't want to hear it. Long story short, fast forward to, I think it was December 15th, 2014, when I was interning, I, I saw on Facebook that she passed away, I think it was in a car accident, and that rocked me to my core. But three or four months prior, I started writing the book, I reached out to her and said, hey, Mrs. Leverett, you know, you told me this was going to happen one day. I'm finally working on it. I could definitely use your help, you know, with editing and all these kind of things. Like, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be in this position if not for your your teaching and your leadership. And somewhere between that point in time and her untimely passing, I quit. Like I read the manuscript. I thought it was horrible. Threw it in the trash. But after her passing, that's what kind of lit the fire of inspiration behind me. And I, I, I never wanted to be in a position to where I let something tragic happen to push me into whatever purpose, you know, that was that, that God had put within me. Right. And so that was what, you know, what got it done. And if you open the you know, first two or three pages, you'll see that it's dedicated to her memory and her favorite poem. Oh, Captain, my captain. And so that's that's what, you know, if I could say anything, you know, it's kind of put a bow on that. 
Just don't let something, you know, happen that's tragic or that's, that's untimely to push into something that you know you should be doing and make sure you do it for, uh, for the, uh, the right reasons. And you'll be surprised what the finished product looks like. Most definitely. So um, you do have a co-author to this book, right? Tom Absolutely. Brown. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't get done without him. I mean, point blank period. I mean, um, you know, he, from his editing, from his ability to see things differently than I saw them. Mm-hmm. Soundboarding, bouncing off ideas, you name it. You know, Ty Brown is, uh, has been a godsend you know, to me, just like many other mentors. But when I called him and said, hey, man, like I've been working on this book and um, I could use your help. You know, my English teacher is no longer with us, but I need to get it done to dedicate it to a memory. He said, let's go. And the rest is history. So without him, it does not happen. Oh, wow. So um, where is Ty now? Yeah, Ty actually is just moved to, moved to L.A. He was in Waco, Texas um, since I'd left and he is uh, getting his MBA at Pepperdine and he's um, he just made 41 years old. And so he has a, ne- a, it's a, a ne- never quit attitude. And he's uh, he remains an inspiration to me. Oh, yeah, that's that's definitely inspiring. Um, so how was it like writing a book with a co-author? I know how I am, especially like when I was in yeah. school, I was like group projects. I'm like, oh, yeah. God, like I hate group projects. I know everybody's not going to do their work. So how was it um, with you? Like, how did you guys y'all say, I'm going to write this chapter, you write the next? Or kind of how did y'all figure that out? Yeah, yeah. So it was an interesting approach. You know, um, I'd probably say primarily most of the content was you know, was developed you know developed from my end and and massaged and improved and and you know and and I guess finally published you know by Ty because there's some days and Sakura you may you may know this as well or feel this way you know some days you may feel like writing you can write five pages and everything just flows great some days you don't want to touch it in two weeks you might not want to touch it for two weeks you know you just don't want to touch it right and then some days you'll come back and read what you wrote and say man this is this is awesome I wrote that. You come back and read some other stuff like, mm, who wrote that, right? And it's just like, this is horrible, you know? So you have to be able to read objectively, but still, you're still biased. There's no way you can remove all the bias. And so the fact that we were remote when we were writing it, I mean, I have a, a an email folder that is just long as, I don't know what, long as a target receipt, long as a, um, a Walgreens receipt because of all the back and forth emails. Because when I was writing it, I was in Atlanta and he was in Waco, Texas. So it was email every day, all day, all day long just improving and just trying to make it better. Our publisher was in California. I mean, you just name it, you know, but the process, you know, was, was fun. It probably took a little bit longer because we wanted to make sure that our perspectives were, you know, they coalesced and they were cohesive. So when someone was reading it, the flow and the, the fluidity of it would not be interrupted. And that was probably the most difficult part, but my fortune wouldn't have been what it is without him. And I think he would say the same vice versa. So we made each other better in that. And that's why I have so much respect, you know, for Sakura and enabled in, in her ability to get it done. I know you probably had editors and everything like that, but to get it done just with, you know, just you yourself and the, and the great product you've put out is impressive because I don't think I could have done it, you know, alone uh, on my end. You know, so. Most definitely. So getting to Sakura, I'm going to share my screen here again. She's the author of Repair of the Breach. So this is more of a new release, correct? This was just released mm-hmm. in late 2020 right correct right so kind of tell us and you guys this is the book if you want to go on amazon and check it out it's only 14.95 so get your 30 dollars and buy both books so you can have some great reads for this upcoming yeah. year yeah. yeah stimulus check money i mean yeah you got to spend it somewhere right so kind of tell us about the repair of the breach. Kind of break down that title here. Um, just for those that don't know, um, kind of what the book is about. What was your inspiration behind it? Okay. So my inspiration behind the repair of the breach, uh, it comes directly out of my relationship with uh, Jesus Christ. Um, I had an encounter with Jesus, like a face-to-face encounter, and it just transformed me uh, at the core And after that, I just decided um, to just give him my all, to surrender more and more. You know, you can't have uh, an encounter with Jesus and then not respond because he's so full of love and compassion. And um, after I was deployed, when I came back uh, to my hometown in Grenada, I just did like a spiritual assessment. Um, So basically in my spiritual assessment, I assessed my relationship with Jesus, like where am I now? what's hindering me um, from seeing Jesus manifest in my life, 
Is there anything that I need to repent, repent of? And um, I just noticed that, you know, even after that face-to-face encounter with Jesus, I still, you know, everybody goes through trials and tribulations, but the enemy was still uh, getting me, like, in ways that he should not have been. So I decided to fast and pray, and I asked the Holy Spirit to help me to close the doors to the enemy because I knew that there were a lot of doors open in my family uh, and in my life, you know, by decisions that I made, choices that I made. Um, I opened doors and there were also generational curses uh, in my bloodline. And so I just, I really, you know, dove in with the Holy Spirit and he used my, um, my expertise as an intelligence analyst uh, where I like assess, you know, the enemy. I assess uh, the enemy to see like, you know, what's in his plans um, to, you know, uh, conduct an attack on our nation and so forth. And so the Holy Spirit used that skill set um, to do spiritual analysis. And so um, that's where the repair of the breach basically comes from. It's, you know, repair and the breach. The breach is basically um, where we go against you know, God's commandments, or we violate his law, what opened that door? And for the enemy, you have to get to the root of it. You can't just stop doing something. Uh, We don't have that power in ourselves. And Jesus, you know, gave us, we have the blood of Jesus, which is for the remission of our sins. And so to remove the legalities of uh, generational curses, you have to apply the blood of Jesus. And I would always decree and declare and Uh, speak the word of God over my life. And those Mm -hmm. things are great, but the enemy doesn't care that you're ignorant to um, his, you know, his schemes. And so once the Holy Spirit uh, began to reveal to me how to remove the legalities by repenting and applying the blood of Jesus, um, I just went on this process with him. And um, he basically used my entire bloodline as what we would call in the military, our AO. So I did analysis on my entire bloodline, um, not judging or anything because the Holy Spirit doesn't do that. Uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't condemn us, but he will reveal things in order to remove uh, the hold that the enemy has on your life. And so he just began to do that and just show me um, a lot of different things that I you know, I would never be aware of in the natural. And um, we laid the ax to the root and applied the blood of Jesus. And uh, one day, you know, the Holy Spirit told me to publish the book. And so I was like, okay, publish the book. And I just kind of let it go. And then God said it. And so I was like, okay, God, you have to confirm this. I need you to confirm it. And so people started talking to me, talking to me about a book that I didn't write yet. Like people were asking me about a book that I have that I haven't even, you know, I didn't really even write it yet. And so I just asked God, I was like, okay, God, I'm going to be obedient to you because what he has done in my life, um, he has given me love and compassion to, you know, be able to give what he gave me to others. And so just out of me being a servant to him uh, and also being a servant for others who've been through the things that I've been through, I want them to be free as well, because that's why we have the Holy Spirit. Um, No matter what goes on in this world, the Holy Spirit is here with us right now to be our counselor and our advocate and our comforter and to make sure that um, we just walk out the plans and the purposes that God has for us. And that's just the general basis of where this book came from. So after that, I just went on a search to uh, find a publisher because it was already written uh, in my, like, you know, you know, like I said, it was in my journal. So it was already written. Then I had to sit down and go through the process of explaining my thinking and uh, the natural process and the spiritual process at the same time. And so, yeah, that was that was a pretty big challenge. <laughs> so um, can you give us kind of like a time frame? So when you wrote in your journal, um, what was the time frame before, you know, you got that word to go ahead and publish it? Okay, so um, it took me four hours to fast and pray and to go through this whole process. And then I started making uh, another journal to give to my uh, child and to give to like the generations to come in our family so that they can walk in like the revelations and the encounters and just a whole nother level of glory. And um, the Holy Spirit said, publish it. 
And it was probably like the next week. Um, I've had a lot of, you know, spiritual encounters with the Lord. And um, I just take note. I steward it. I write every dream, uh, every vision, every encounter. And I ask the Holy Spirit, okay, can you reveal this to me in the word? Can you show me this in the word? And then I ask God, you know, what are you saying through this? Like, you know, what, what are you saying to me in this moment? And even now, it's taking years uh, for me to get the revelation of things that God showed me like three and four years ago. And I'm just now like maybe the end of 2020 getting some of those revelations. And so I was um, already in the process of gathering, you know, everything to give to my son. And the Holy Spirit was like, publish it. And so I did. When you say move, you better move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obedience with God is key, especially uh, in sonship, because I know that that's a test for me. Um, I had other tests before then where, you know, the Lord would tell me to talk to somebody about Jesus. And it was a little uncomfortable um, at times, not because I don't love Jesus, but it would just be in like those open places, you know, where they may be drinking or they may be, you know, doing something else. And I would just let the Lord use me. And so here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Um, I see some of the comments here. Have a Tony Kimball say he is a great guy. Great book, too. Okay. Uh, Gabrielle, awesome testimony. Will Chris said, Hey Lee, hey Kimfo. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? How you doing? Hi, so yeah, so did you either one of y'all ever have any nervousness about publishing a book? Because I did write a book and it's still on my laptop, it's still like on my USB. I went through the whole process of having my mom like, you know, go through and do edits and things like that. Um so did you ever have a sense of nervousness for um, I, before you published the book? I definitely did. That's why it took me so many confirmations to publish it. Um, because I've been through so many things. Um, I was ashamed for a while. And the Lord had to take that from me. And, you know, your journal, that's, that's as personal as you can get. That's like being your heart and mind. And so I really had to get confirmation. Because at first I was like, God, are you sure? Like, you know, what what will people say? And he just told me it's not about me. So <laughs> I just I'm moved forward. But I was definitely uh, nervous. Yeah. I was really nervous about publishing it. And um, I had to steer clear of names and, uh, you know, things like that. Because I didn't want people to um, read it and then identify say, oh, okay, she's talking about me. So I had to be careful mm -hmm. there uh, with how I relay things from my journal to the book. <laughs> Uh, yeah. That was my big thing uh, this past year. It was just being nervous um, about people's perspective. But now I don't care because I know that so many people are going to be transformed and um, they're going to know that God really loves them. They're going to be able mm -hmm. to see uh, a testimony of what he can and will do what he wants to do because God is a good God. He's really good. So yeah. true. Amen. What about you, yeah. Will? Did you have a sense of nervousness? Um when you were getting ready to publish it and just like announce it to the world that it was coming out? Nah, son, it was all gas, no brakes. Nah, nope, <laughs> nope, we're ready to go. I've been working on that thing about a year and a half, two years, like, nope, let's ride. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, the process was was fun. I mean, that's a kind of a, a primary theme of the book is talking about the process, right? And even with my, my company name, it's called Emergent with a T, Executives and not Emerging. Uh, the reason being is because that's talking about being in the process of, right? The process of becoming, like you mentioned, well, you think about Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, right? We're always in the process of becoming or reaching that next level. So yeah, it was not a sense of nervousness and primarily because I had such uh, great support and uh, you know, was, uh, we had people behind us, you know, sometimes your biggest supporter, people you don't even know, right? And so rolling things out and just seeing people comment on and say, looking forward to this and just seeing, you know, and knowing what we wanted to achieve with the outcomes and, the people we wanted to help develop similar to what the core mentioned. So that was probably, it, it was fun. I mean, the lead up to the release is probably the most fun part. And I think, you know, I had to get it in my mind because you don't know how a book's gonna do when you release it. But I had to get it in my mind to say, hey, whether we sell five copies and, you know, my mom buys all five of them or we sell 5,000, you know, at the end of the day, we got it done, right? And so the way I look at it is like, you if you're going after something, and you want to do something like, hey, at the end of the day, look, 
Cord, you know, you might sell 30,000 copies. You might sell three. You're still an author. They still have to introduce right. you as an author. You know what I mean? Because you achieved that. And so I had to just make sure when I hit that last period, like, hey, I am successful in this sense because I hit this last period is going to print and not being and not let the success be measured by the sales of it. So I think that's why there was no nervousness, nervousness involved, because I got into that place mentally before we sent it off to the publisher, if that makes sense. Oh, most definitely. And you kind of had someone with you there that was yeah, you know, yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. yep. so, um, yeah, I think that's kind of one of my fears when it comes to, I don't know. And I honestly, I just feel like, I, don't, I wouldn't say that I have a fear of releasing it because I know, you know, I might step off the toes when I do because I did write it about a situation that I personally went through a couple of years back, but I feel like it's needed. Um, but I said I'm going to go back and reread it and just kind of make sure I wasn't coming from a place of hurt and anger in the book. I definitely don't want that, you know, negative undertone um for the book so that's kind of one of the things i'm kind of dealing with here so did you all make any sales goals regarding your book or you just kind of wanted to put it out there and just let it do what it do so here's the thing uh, for me just like will said you know it's not about you know how many you sell or who buys it uh, honestly i have not made any um sale goals and the reason being is I just know that because God told me to publish it, the people who are supposed to read it uh, will be drawn to that book. Um, the people who are in my Metron and in my sphere of influence, uh, the Holy Spirit is going to put that book in their spirit, just like he told me to publish it, because it's for them. Um, and I wanted to give my book away. Like I was trying to um, come up with a way to publish it and then give it away um, to prisons and to you know, orphanages into schools. Um, but I couldn't figure that out. So that's why I had to go this route. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the numbers, the numbers don't matter to me. What matters to me is that someone's course of life is changed, uh, you know, by the Holy Spirit. That's what matters to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I had similar aspirations. Not the first book, I, you know, we we're trying to push, push it. Uh, but I said, if I, uh, you know, was, you know, if God blessed me to write another one, I would like to do a giveaway of some sort, and primarily because, like you know, Tony mentioned, and he's on, he's on here. Uh, there's been so many great people that have given so much support, and you know, we come from you know humble beginnings. You know, uh, people that we know and grew up around. You know, they're just hardworking blue collar people that um, that are just just good, just good folks. And for people that I know, you know, that to, to spend their hard earned money on you know something that I worked on. I mean, that's the that's the biggest gift, you know, you can possibly give me if it's one person, if it's 50 people. So it's just a really, really humbling feeling to see anything come through. And, you know, that was obviously four years ago. And so it's a process. And, and once it's out there, it's out there for good. Right. And it has your name on it, its legacy attached to it. But I saw something the other day that really was heartwarming. I saw a, um, a fail come through to my phone and it says it's from uh, from uh, granny and grandpa. Hope you enjoy. Good luck on your journey. You know, and I think it was given to her like a granddaughter, and that was really heartwarming. You know, to see somebody see it. This is this is a viable. This is something that's this is a viable gift that I can give to someone in my family in hopes that they will go on to be successful in their career, and obviously may you know help them out you know one day if they need it. So um, that's that's the kind. Of, those are the kind of stories I look for, not so much the sales, but uh, but what people got from it, how they were impacted, and if they think enough to refer to other people. That's kind of the biggest piece of it, I think. Most definitely. I love it. Um, a few more comments. Mama Maggie says she's watching. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's up, Ma? Congrats, Miss Tops. Congrats to you both. Can you give me the name of your book? I'll show the screen again. Mm -hmm. um, this is the course book for those that have just came on. It's called The Repair of the Breach. You can definitely find it on Amazon. Um, just type in the name. Might have to put her name with it as well, but it'll definitely come up. Um, use your Amazon Prime if you can. Well, I don't think it's on Prime, but definitely order it yeah, <laughs> and yeah. leave a review. Yeah, <laughs> one left. There's only one left. This is some great marketing or it needs to be restocked. Uh, that's, that's, hey, that's the right kind of problems, though. If you get low on inventory, it's the right kind of problem. So. Right, most definitely. And we'll bring Will back up 
because it's the blueprint for a successful career. Um, and I don't think you just have to be a young professional to read it. I've read mm -hmm. the book. And, you know, people are going through career changes at all ages. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, your mentor, he's about to be 41. He is 41, and he's working on a master's, and he's doing mm -hmm. um, different things. So um, definitely don't limit yourself. You know, don't let the young professionals kind of throw you off. But if you do, it's great to give to like a senior or someone in college that, you know, is definitely going to be out there hitting that workforce soon. Um, let's see. We have another comment over here. Miss Carol White. Wow. Love. Listen to these smart young people. So very, very proud of my students. Congratulations to all. Awesome. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I'm just so proud of them. Like, um. It's, it's such it's such an uh, an accomplishment, such a blessing to be able to get your words on paper and go through that whole process of editing and um, oh, you know constantly yeah, having yeah. to change stuff. And I know, like I talked to Sakura a lot while she was going through that editing phase. It's like you know, how's the book? How's it coming on? She's like, oh, I'm editing it. Yeah, <laughs> Back. I gotta proofread this and every time, every time she says she found something like nope, they didn't do this right, like they didn't get the spacing right, like <laughs> go back. <laughs> but yeah. um yeah, like, I got I'm sorry, I got I gotta shout out your, your mom, Chris. Uh my cousin, Mrs. Watson, she helped edit my book and it, it she made it light years better than it was. So gotta shout out her out and also for giving me an A in high school. So yeah. <laughs> she was your teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. I was in. I think I was in like AP English, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it, so I switched over uh, to your mom's class, so, and I worked out great. You know, right? Yeah. yeah so, 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 so it was good. Definitely good. And then, I mean, I even tell like if anybody's you know that's that's on and listening, and you know, uh, from a, sometimes like resources can be limited. Like I said, when I was interning, when I was working on this. I don't even know if I had a personal laptop. So I actually wrote on it. I wrote, I was writing it, you know, like during my lunch break and after hours, I just stayed late and write on it because I didn't have, you know, Microsoft Word. I don't think I had a computer at the time. I don't know what was going on. I just didn't have any resources at all. I knew I wanted to get it done. And so I think ultimately when I finally completed it, I think at that time I'd gotten like a pirated version of like Microsoft Word for like 25 bucks. And my buddy installed it on my computer. I won't call his name. Um, here, but um, it was about any means necessary kind of approach to it. It was definitely grassroots, and and so for anybody that's like watching or you know or looking at that, I mean, you know, it's kind of like saying, uh, you know, there's there's so many different you know things out there that can motivate you to, to do something. But you know, I don't have an English degree. Right? My degree is in exercise science and education, right? But you know, you don't need a, a parachute to go down a flight of steps. How do you do it? One step at a time. How do you write a book? You know, one letter, one keystroke at a time. And so that's what you know. I would encourage anyone to do that's either seeking to you know write a book or do anything like the sort. At the end of the day, if you, if you take you know all the text messages you've ever sent and all the emails you've ever sent, you have enough content for a book. It's just a matter of what lessons are you taking from it. What are you interpreting? What are the common themes? What can you pull out for it to make it into a cohesive product that can help impact other people's lives? And so when you when you uh, when you break it down to the simplest form, it becomes a lot lot more attainable. And that's kind of how you eat an elephant, one bite at a time, right? So for anything anything you want to do, want to accomplish, really break it down to the simplest form, and you'll see how easy the process gets if you go through it. Most definitely, I think a lot of people look yeah. like picture um, on that. What were you about to say, Sakura? Yeah, like, I just add on to what Will was saying. Like, a lot of people have asked, like, how did you write the book? And mine was just supernatural. Like, it was already there. I just had to um, process it and, you know, make it fit for other people who know nothing about what I'm talking about to be able to sit down and read it and understand. So I just want to say, um, as an author, I think one of the biggest things that's helped as well is that I'm an avid reader. Mm -hmm. So whatever you're aspiring to um, write about, I would say you want to make sure you read a lot of different books. And if yes. you're looking to be like a New York Times bestseller, then you should be reading authors on mm -hmm. that level so that you can see uh, the format of the book and just the tone and um, how they engage, you know, the reader throughout um, so that you can kind of incorporate that to your yes. work. 
And um, I would also recommend like writing on something that you've personally experienced or, you know, something that you have a passion about so that they can translate to your reader. Um, my relationship with Jesus is like everything to me. Like I really, 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 <laughs> I think you guys know this, how I really feel about the Lord. And mm -hmm. um, that's what pours out of me it, beyond anything. Now, like, I just want to talk about the Lord and what he's doing and his word and his goodness and just how to worship, how to praise, how to have like a intimate relationship with God. Um, because, you know, he wants us to have that type of relationship with him. Mm -hmm. um, but before I go off on a tangent about that, Crispin, you said something about your tone in like the book that you want to put out. That was uh, something I had an issue with because I'm very like since I've been in the military, my whole personality has kind of changed where I'm very uh, direct. I'm very, you know, straightforward. And so at first when I was writing the book, my tone was like that. It was very uh, straightforward, like without explaining or trying to relay the love of Jesus. And so I had to go back a lot of times and just rewrite it. Like I spent a lot of time um, rewriting everything that I wrote so that mm -hmm. I can um, convey that to other people the way that the Lord, you know, shared mm -hmm. it with me. I want to give it to other people in that same way. Most definitely. That's one thing like that I'm kind of like having to make sure whenever I do publish it, like I said, I don't want it to be negative. Um, it's definitely to help people that have gone through obstacles in life. It was definitely a period I was going through something that so unexpected, didn't think that I would be able to get through it. But now look at me, I'm the happiest I've ever been. I feel like I'm living my best life. <laughs> And I know, like, God just yeah. has more and more and more in store for me. So be on the lookout. I'm going to make it my goal to release it before 2021 itself. So y'all hold okay. me accountable for that. Okay. Okay. I'm working, okay. On, I'm working on another one. So don't let me beat you. Woof. Speaking yeah. of which, I do want to ask, so do you guys plan to write um, more books in the future? Or kind of what's, what's your goals on that? So uh, you know, uh, I asked this part. Oh, you can go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no you're good. Okay, go ahead. So I actually, after I wrote The Repair of the Breach, um, and I started to like reach out to different uh, publishers, I started writing another book because God just kept flowing. Like he just kept giving me um, content, like things to write about. It was, it's literally like a flow, like, you know, the word God says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And that's literally what's happening to me. So, like, I do have other books that are um, in the process. I have other topics. I have one book that's, like, halfway completed. But it just takes, you know, like Will said, it takes a long time to um, do the proofreading and the editing and so forth. So I had to pause to get this book released. And um, it's still not released on all the channels, like, you know, the release isn't complete yet, but it's out there and it's available. So, yeah, I do have more content. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I look forward to, to checking it out. Um, for me, I started a, uh, another book. It's uh, more of a fictional type book. It's, I mean, it's uh, it's fiction, but it's nonfiction as well. You know what I mean? Like Cord mentioned, like changing names, changing characters, things like that. But some things I've personally experienced as well, but also with spiritual, not overtones um, because you know the blueprint was very you know very structured very orderly like hey this is what you should do but also just understanding like the role that you know god plays in our lives and um you know just the theme he kind of gave me for this one and like i said it's probably about i mean i'm probably about maybe nine or ten pages into it and i probably haven't i haven't tested it months to be honest with you because it comes and it comes and goes like you know sometimes you feel like writing sometimes you don't right and i don't want to do a disservice if i'm if i'm just putting words on, on a paper just for the sake of it I want to make sure it's intentional. I want to make sure that I've, I've thought it through, and um, that I'm really developing a, a great storyline that's gonna, you know, help people. Um, but the kind of the the kind of competing, not competing, but the kind of things I have in my mind for are kind of twofold. Uh, one is you know, dealing with the, the the poem footprints in the sand. You know, you see where it's two foot, two sets of footprints in the sand, and there's one set of footprints. And the person, the poem looks at God like, hey, like, what's going on? Like, why in my most difficult seasons of life do I only see one set of footprints? And the Lord says to him in the poem, it was at that time that I carried you. So that's one kind of side of it that kind of drives the narrative. The other side of it is 
this scripture, be careful not to entertain strangers for many have entertained angels unawares. I think it's in Hebrews. That's the core. We'll know that for sure. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the two things that kind of drive it, you know, in my mind, like, okay, being carried by by God in difficult seasons of life, but also understanding that you know people, relationship, you know, um, and all kinds of relationships through your life uh, are what you know help you get to the next level and through those seasons. So not only God, but also the people in your life. And sometimes it comes from people that you you know haven't have yet to meet, you know, and things like that. So I think that's um, you know very important as well. So that's kind of what my mind is kind of all over the place, but. That's what I'm kind of thinking at this point, and hopefully, you know, I, I can develop a, a good product from it, and it'll help some people. But definitely plan to give some of them away for sure. Oh yeah, I like how you say like it kind of comes and goes, so you're not really mm-hmm. forcing yourself to write it. So it's not like right something that you're making yourself do, like you're letting it come naturally. Also, um, like, they do any of you read Richard? I think it's Roar. I'm not sure. R O H R or Anne Lamont. Look, I don't read like I should. I'm just gonna put that out there. Um, I'm still working on reading the course book. Like I don't read, like, and that's one of my resolutions for the new year is to at least read one book a month. <laughs> um, so what about you guys? Do you all read any of those authors? No. I think uh, Richard Rohr. I may be wrong, but I think that's a minister. Um, but no, I don't read either one. Um, yeah. Yeah. And to I can list. tell you, what, go ahead. No, I add it to the list. I, I don't either, but I add it to the list. There's so many great authors out there. I mean, something I haven't, I haven't even, even read. And, and quite honestly, it's like a lot of books I've read in the past, like you mentioned, Sakura, like self-help books. I want to learn like different writing styles, things like that, but definitely uh, do a better job, you know, reading spiritual books. And obviously that starts with Repair the Breach. And um, they go from there. So, uh, oh, that's gonna get you a course, William. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh gas, no break. Have no, your no. Bible in hand. <laughs> yeah, just have your Bible in hand and let the Holy Spirit take you. Oh sure. She has enough scriptures in there to be. All of my books have scriptures. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had to. Okay, I had to put it in there because I can't assume. That people have access to, like, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. it, it was necessary. I had to put the yeah. scriptures. Yeah, in. I mean, yeah, no, you have to do that because you can't take the word out, right? Because <laughs> you never know where it's going to reach. I mean, I think um, mm-hmm. I saw it. Uh, it was a sale came through in Singapore. I was like, someone found this in Singapore, right? And so, yeah, absolutely right. One hundred percent agree with that approach. Yeah, probably one of these people you have on the cover here, and that are. <laughs> 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 and it was like um, she said he is a minister slash monk. Um, okay. I like both of these, so yeah, I will definitely check them out. And mm-hmm. I think we should start a book club here. And okay. you know, wait, Chris, you broke up a little bit. What did you just say? Um, he is a minister. She said we should check them out. Yeah, Score got the McDonald's Wi-Fi over there. Something going on. Who is a minister? <laughs> uh, Richard War. Wait, Chris, I can't hear what you're saying. You broke it up. Tell you McDonald's Wi Fi. Then maybe my Wi Fi will. What did you say, Chris? Definitely. He's a Wi-Fi. minister. They confirmed that Michael yeah. Rory is a minister. Or... Mm-hmm. What? Richard. Miss Lee is having oh a little What's in your email? What's in your email? <laughs> you know, you gotta watch this potty Wi Fi. Are y'all? Tell you. Tell you. We're here. Yeah, just, How do I fix dis- it? Never disconnected from that Starbucks Wi Fi. That's what happened. <laughs> well, it's raining here, so I don't know if that. I don't know. We're gonna blame the rain. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna put it on the rain. Most definitely. <laughs> I don't like that y'all are talking about me. I can't hear you in time. I don't like that you guys are saying things that I can't hear you right now. I can't respond. Guess replay. All right. You can watch it on YouTube. Most definitely, but um, 
moving forward, hopefully her Wi-Fi will catch up. Oh, I heard that wheel. Okay. No, <laughs> no, it's gonna have a lag here. Um, but I did kind of want to mention, like y'all said that y'all did read a lot of books for self-help and things like that. So regarding like obstacles in our lives. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any books that either one of you would suggest that we kind of read to kind of get through maybe something that we're going through personally or trying to get, you know, to a better place spiritually? Hmm. Not everybody at once. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm thinking. I mean, I was I was letting Starbucks Wi-Fi catch up. I'm um, glad you asked. See, you see how God worked that out? I can hear you right on time now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Sigour. Go ahead. I would recommend... Um, go ahead. What? That was an hour ago. Um, okay. One of the books that I would recommend is um, Joan Hunter, Freedom Beyond Comprehension. Um, I would recommend just Cindy Tram. Apostle John Eckhart. Um, let's see. Well, it depends on what you, yeah, for going through things in life. Mm -hmm. I would recommend those people. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like for your trials and tribulations. Uh, Joan Hunter is more like a healing, she's like a, heal, a healing minister. And mm -hmm. Apostle John Eckhart and Cindy Tram uh, are heavy in spiritual warfare and deliverance. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize that their current situation often, often comes from something that they need to be delivered from or something that they need to let go. So I recommend those three. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I would recommend um, Bishop Kelvin Ramsey, uh, my pastor here in Mississippi. He recently published a book, uh, Figuring Life Out, that I'm working through right now. Uh, so that's a that's a good one. Um, also, um, there's a good book by T.D. Jakes, the name escapes me right now. But like the course said, it all kind of depends on you know what season you're in, what you're looking for. A lot of books I read were kind of self-help. They weren't necessarily spiritually based, but they did help me in terms of that like, personal development, right? So it's just relative to what you uh, what you are experiencing. Uh, one of my favorite authors is Malcolm Gladwell. Again, he's just, uh, he's a social psychologist. And so that kind of helped me figure out a lot of things in life and helped me navigate through life a lot. And so it just all, it all depends, you know, but uh, those are the kind of the ones that I would uh, recommend. But there was one book I read, um, it's, it's, it was by a guy, I can't remember his name, but the title of the book was How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big. And so this guy had a list of his failures, about 27 of them, I mean, straight out failures. And then he ultimately came up to write the cartoon, I think it was Gilbert or something like that. And he became a multimillionaire off that of that newspaper cartoon. But this is after about twenty five plus failures that he that he experienced. So um, that was that was really eye opening to to watch that to, to read that. So mm. yeah. I love it. Um, a book that kind of really touched me. I think it was called Unqualified: How God Qualifies mm. the Unqualified by Stephen Um, Really good. Definitely helps you when you're feeling like you're not good enough for whatever situation that you're in, God will actually tell you that he does the qualifying, not your degree, not where you went to school, not any of that. Miss mm -hmm. um, Baggett said, why worry, don't worry, by my sister Linda Covington. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. We have a lot of authors out here. And also another book, um, The Battlefield of the Mind. By oh, yeah. It's really, really good. Um, me and another one of my friends were supposed to be reading that together. We said, okay, we're going to read the first three chapters and get back together and discuss it. But <laughs> that was like two months ago and that hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think, you know, what, what we put into our mind and the things that we think about definitely play a role in our everyday life. Mm -hmm. um, What's a great group. Thank you, Alvin. <laughs> Appreciate it. Oh. love. I know. I remember I did a podcast with Alvin not too long ago. You guys will definitely have to go yes. back and check it out. Um, he's a COVID survivor. He recently featured me on his podcast to talk about real estate. Nice. So, if you are looking to buy or sell a house, definitely contact me today. Shameless. <laughs> I love it. Most definitely. Because I try to market myself as a realtor. Um, so kind of speaking of marketing, what 
what did you all have like a marketing plan when it came to your books? Or are you just kind of letting it go and it kind of do its thing out there? Um, yeah, I would say no. In, in my own in my own experience, so myself and my author and my co-author at the time working in sports, and so student athletes, administrators, it was kind of our backyard and our target audience. So, so we, we were kind of in, uh, yeah, we were kind of embedded yeah, in that. Yeah, so we were kind of embedded in that in that kind of demographic, so to speak. So that was part of our marketing plan, and you know, in sports like Twitter, you know, is a is a huge kind of platform that is used a lot. So we use a lot of Twitter. And also about about six or seven months before I published the book, I reached out to this group called Front Office Sports and said, hey, I'm working on a book, but nobody, no one knows anything I have to say. No one really cares. Can I write some articles for you guys to kind of help build up a following and show that, hey, I have some really good content and some things that will help people. And that helped it as well. And then they helped with the rollout. They looked on their website. They did it on their channels, things like that. And so it's just a matter of, you know, God's timing, because at the time they were kind of a startup. And since then, they've been acquired by a company in New York. And I'd be lucky to even get any kind of content or any kind of tweet from them because, you know, they've just they've just you know grown exponentially. Right. And so but the timing I hit, hit it could not have been perfect because, like I said, now they're putting out, you know, hundreds of things a day back at back at that time in 2015 they would put out stuff i would write three or four times a day right so i kind of had that market share at the time and just kind of hit it right on the head but since then hasn't been much marketing kind of word of mouth and referrals and people have been kind enough to leave reviews and uh, it kind of kind of goes from there and when i go in to speak i haven't uh, spoken in person in a while but that's also something that student athletes and the people that I work with will invest in. They'll uh, purchase the book at times. So that's kind of how it's going uh, thus far. And the wife, <laughs> of course, the girl go. I'm here. All right. All yeah. Right. The world I had to switch over. I'm listening okay. now. I'm on time. Well, good. Yeah. You're, All yeah, right. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you still in 2020 with that Wi Fi. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, yeah. But yeah, I'm good. That's, that's all I have. So I what about you, Go ahead. I need you to ask the question again because I couldn't hear it clearly because of my Wi-Fi. So yeah, most definitely. I would have a marketing plan um, when putting out your book, or are you just kind of letting it, you know, flourish by itself? Like write out some type of marketing, prepare for the book to be released, or how, how are we marketing the repair of the breach? So I did not market. I didn't plan to market at all. Um, I've just been asking God throughout this whole process, you know, how do I publish a book? Where do I go? Where do I start? And even from that point, I started by looking like, you know, the copyright page of books that I read to see where they were being published at. And I reached out to like, those people, of course. And um, one thing I learned is that a lot of people want to know how many followers you have. Um, do you have an influence? Do you have an email list? And I just told God, like, I'm not this kind of person. Like, I love people, but I'm not very, um, I'm not on social media a lot. And I don't uh, speak a lot or anything of that nature. And so I didn't have a marketing plan at all. And um, the Holy Spirit just kind of led me and he told me to like give my testimony. And I'm like, okay, God, you just asked me to do all the things that I kind of really don't want to do. Um, but that just allowed uh, transparency and just, you know, whoever got the message got it. Um, I still don't have a marketing plan, but God sent somebody else uh, one of my battle buddies, he's very awesome with technology. And he just started telling me like how to, um, for this year, how to market um, with my blog and my YouTube channel. And just, he gave me a lot of gems at once. And so I know God sent him because I didn't know anything he was talking about. Um, even right now, I don't have a marketing plan. But um, one thing I did was I went back and I looked at uh, my social media accounts and I noticed that um, a lot of things don't reflect who I am today. And I knew it grieved the Holy Spirit because it grieved me uh, when I saw it, just like um, how I used to be. And But it was a testament, you know, to what God has done, like the transformation that God has done. Um, and so I just had to clean house 
And I'm just going to let the Lord do the rest. Uh, but no, I did not have a plan to market at all. Most definitely. That's one of the things I have to think about. Um, you are putting yourself out there to kind of get that the image and the kind of the things that you put out on social media. Because one thing I don't like, like those memories that come up on Facebook, it'll show you those old posts you wrote like nine, ten years ago. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Like, let me delete this. But that, it just kind of shows the growth. And like, um, one thing I noticed too, and I just noticed this recently, like I have a top secret security clearance and I never noticed this until last year. There's a say on my uh, Facebook. I think it says, I don't play victim. I make moves. I cannot delete that. So be mindful of the things that like, you know, I would, you know, suggest that to other people or advise that rather is to be mindful of the things that you do. Um, Put on your bio, your account, you might not be able to take it off. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. Alvin's Alvin. Alvin. I Well, I, like, I posted one today, a picture, it popped up, like, I think it's maybe four or five years ago, where I actually went to Atlanta to record a show for his network. Um, I think you were there, Will. Mm -hmm. Um when I did it. So I definitely love those reminders, but it's just like some of the petty posts I used to post back in the day. I could have I left that off. Um, you still yeah, can't like, post it anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. I don't think on that same level, Will. <laughs> Point taken. I love it, though. So this has definitely been a fun hour with two of my favorite people. Um, I love you guys to death. I love you. I love you to life. Yeah. Um, right, to life. There you go. <laughs> Most definitely. So what are some things like you guys want to see um, unfold in 2021? I'll kind of start with myself. I definitely want to be a better parent. I feel like I'm a good parent now, but I always strive to be better for my kids um, in any way possible. Just trying to make a good life for them. Um, I hope to publish that book I was thinking about. Hopefully my accountability partners here will hold me accountable for that. Um, hope to flourish and real estate and just do more interviews with more awesome guests. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just touch and agree with you on those things. Um, well, I don't really plan things. I just um, really go with the Lord. Um, what I do see for this year is growth. Um, I do see the Lord is taking me to another level, uh, and it requires a lot more of me because he's definitely given me this year only three minutes ministers that I have to like, you know, read all of their material. And so I'm just going to steward um, what he's given me to do. And then he's going to do the rest. Um, yeah, I definitely, I think this year is going to be a big change for me and Tyler. Yeah. I used to plan everything, try to plan everything in life and the things that I plan fail. And so I just plan, I purposely plan to just, keep uh, my eyes on Jesus and to just keep listening to him and he's going to do everything else because he did more last year than I ever imagined. And all I did was rest. Like all I do is pray and worship. Like even at home, um, I do still take, you know, I do like self-help things or like things that I'm, you know, looking into, but I focus my attention on Jesus and like, he just does everything else. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do this year. Yes, I receive it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, touching. I'm in accordance with, uh, with you know, both of you guys shared. And um, I think, you know, for me, it's just uh, spiritual and personal growth. Uh, like this court mentioned, you kind of not uh, plan, trying to plan everything, you know, uh, just kind of letting go and let God let him direct your path. And um, just being a good steward of the blessings that he does bestow upon you. Uh, you know, being more intentional and with, you know, with you know, helping people um, and, you know, not necessarily, necessarily from a standpoint of having resources, but just speaking, you know, speaking life into them, 
um, being kind, uh, being nice, uh, being a good person, I think is um, the biggest thing. And just being better, like when someone comes to your mind, like reaching out at that time and not letting them just pass, you know, pass by. Because you just never know. I mean, God places people in your mind, you know, for a reason. And so that's why I think it's just, um, you know, being more intentional and uh, purposeful in, um, in this year and just seeing what um, unfolds. Um, you know, definitely want to see this stimulus unfold in my bank account in the next few days. But uh, other than that, um, everything else, you know, it's going to let it flow and uh, go from there. So. Must definitely. Um, <laughs> I kind of like what both of you said. Um, definitely, when we start planning out our lives and just like writing down these plans and these visions and what we start doing at 30, 35, 40, um, I think we kind of set ourselves up for disappointment. We set ourselves up to be let down when they don't unfold. And they say, if you want to make God laugh, write out a plan and kind of tell them how you want your life to go. Because um, it already has it written. So I know things do get uncomfortable sometimes. So you just got to take the punches and roll with them and go and just be happy. Um, like you said, someone said, like, in this moment, in this day, like, let's not think too far ahead. Mm-hmm. I pray that everyone watching this has a wonderful 2021. I hope you all were inspired. Yes. As of your professionals. Um, I have some great people coming on in 2021, so definitely stay tuned. Um, like, comment, share, subscribe, and uh, definitely buy their books, you guys. I'll post the links in the comments um, after this, so you can just click it and pick you up some new reads for the new year. Yeah. Yeah. God bless you all. Yeah, God bless, and thank you for this wonderful platform. Happy New Year. All right. Happy New Year.